Good morning, church. My name is Brett. I am pastor of this people. It's good to see all of you, but especially those who are with us new or maybe been here for a little bit. Thank you for making our church your home for an hour today. Turn with me over to the book of Genesis. We're going to begin a series on the Spirit-filled life. The Spirit-filled life. Genesis chapter 2. Verse 7, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. It says, Then the Lord God formed man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Lord, help us as we study. Three things about this passage that I'd like to address. One, that we are... We are, we are made by God. Man was made. Two, God gave, and three, man lived. I have a biology background in my undergrad, which is now distanced from me about 35 years. But I still love it. Much of my reading, along with my theological information, centers around what's happening in biology and science, whether it's creation versus evolution or the effect of our genome on our behavior or our behavior and its effect on our genome, epigenetics, how to extend life through our telomeres, all kinds of telomerase, which is the stuff that allows for telomeres to not be reduced as chromosomes replicate, and you have no idea what I just said, but <laughs> I study these things because it's important for me to keep my mind working. And not just to keep my mind working, but I, I love the process of discovery. I love to unearth things that are hidden. And it bleeds over into how I study my Bible. That my inquisitive nature allows me to find things I didn't find yesterday. Because I kept digging. And I'm grateful for all of my brothers who have exceeded my academic accomplishments in the area of science. I'm just a biology major. And anybody who is a biology major realizes that means nothing. You can't get a job with a biology major. You can't. There's no place you can work. You have to get a master's degree to work any place in the area of biology. If you want to teach biology, then you have to get a sub-major or a minor in the area of teaching or education. Biology just makes you smarter. That's it. In a very confined sphere. But I am very respectful of all of the biologists and the zoologists and the biochemists and the, the, the scientists that make our lives better, um, whether it's a chair you're sitting in. Everything that we have is made from somebody who understood something about chemistry and science. Um, and I'm, I marvel at their expertise and their education. Amazing human beings, how they can research and study what they do. But, but I disagree with them, uh, those who would believe that somehow that their research has evidenced the fact that I have derived from some kind of primordial ooze 25 million years ago, actually almost billion. Now, they can't figure out how far they have to go in order to get to me. <coughs> because change happens so slowly 
at the genetic level, so slowly. And they have not found any kind of missing link, something that, ge that genetically and experientially and, um, and archaeologically ties the primates to us. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Now, I believe in microevolution, not macro. Micro is the evolution within a species. So when, when Noah was called to take all the animals on the ark, I, I, I don't think he took a gimsbok, an antelope, a deer, a moose. All those are in the same family of deer. I think he took one deer that had the, the genetic makeup to create all those depending on the environment in which they lived. And so things began to change epigenetically, which is different than the genetic line that is passed down to you. Epigenetics are those which are genes now expressing themselves according to the environment in which you live and the, the circumstances that you have to overcome. And so those genes express themselves so that you can adapt to the environment in which you find yourself. And that happens all the time. That's microevolution within a species. But I, I don't believe an ape became a man. Now, I know I'm in the mi minority in all of our educational systems. I get it. And I would be happy to debate. No. I would be happy to help somebody who doesn't believe what I believe to believe what I believe. Debating is not a part of my ministry. I'll let other people debate. My job is to help people understand how to change their heart, not their mind. Now, there may be a lot of people who really love God that believe in evolution. Not mad at them. When they get to heaven, God will help them. <laughs> God will help them. Hey, listen, there are a lot of people. Listen, the core of what it takes to get to heaven is do you believe Jesus died for your sins? Have you accepted that fact? Do you need his blood to forgive you for all the, the things you've done and you're no longer going to receive the punishment for your wrongdoing? Did he rise from the dead and does he live in your heart and you need him in order to get saved? That is the core of what salvation and, and Christianity means. If somebody believes that, I'm with them. They're my brother. Aside from that, there are a lot of things that folk can believe and it won't disqualify them from glory. And so if you don't like my idea of creation versus evolution, then eh, okay, I'm not going to fight with you about it because I don't have time. My job is to preach the gospel. And most of the stuff that, even if I win the argument, and, and I have, it's, I have, I'm not, I, I, I've never considered myself dumb, and most of the people around me don't either. And so I, I, I study, and, and, and my, 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 my convictions are not just based on what I know to be true from the Bible. They're based on the facts that I've put together through science. And I have just as many things that I can point to that evidence that what God said in his Bible is true as the evolutionists have that evidence that it's not true. And they may not like my conclusions, but they cannot dispute my research. It's with integrity and honesty. I just interpret the facts very differently than you because I see differently what I know to be true. And you have a premise that allows you to see things. I have a premise that allows me to see things. And simply because we don't agree doesn't mean you can't consider me as legitimate in my process. But I don't have time to go through all that because even if, they, even if I get their brain to agree with me, it may not change their heart. Because reality is when you get down to it, the thing that, 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 
that really people don't like about not having to believe in evolution, maybe believe in what the Bible says, is that if I'm created, then I'm accountable. If I just came into being by accident, eh, I live and I die, who cares? I mean, my mama cares, my friends care, but it really doesn't mean anything eternally. But if I'm created, uh, there's a purpose. There's a reason I'm here. There's somebody who's going to ask for an account of my life because he made me. Yeah, I don't want to do that, so I'd rather believe over this direction. 90% of the time, it's that. And so my job as a preacher, not as a scientist, because I'm not a scientist. I just like it. My job as a preacher is to get down to the root rather than cutting off branches. Having said that, it's my preface to the fact that we are made by God. Man was made. I did not evolve from primordial ooze. I didn't just come into being by accident. God made Adam. And he made him... He made him from, from the dust of the earth. And, and, and when you think about how he was made, he was handmade. I mean, things that are handmade have greater value than things that, that, that aren't, don't they? I mean, at least if the person who's making it is skilled. I mean, a four-year-old can make some stuff, but it's only valuable to mama. I'm not probably going to buy it. But there's a reason that a Bentley is $400,000 more than whatever you drive. (laughs) Whatever you drive, it's $400,000 more. Now, they do have some automation now. They've got some robotics that work out. But but it's 80% handmade. There's a guy that's that's, that's, cutting the wood by hand for your your, your panels and your dashboard. There's somebody who's actually stitching the leather for your steering wheel. It is handmade. And when you look at that, oh, my goodness. And it, it's going to last 50 years. There's value in that. There's something different about, even though, even though the animals in Genesis chapter 1, the animals and man were made on the same day, there's something different about how they were made. We have no account that God did this put his hands on on the ground for animals he just said let there be and all of a sudden things seemed to just spring up but oh he was particular about us and God formed man from the dust of the earth there's something about the the specificity that he put toward what it meant to create us that was different than anybody else. And he would use, metaphorically speaking, throughout all of the rest of the Bible, throughout all of history, he would use how we are formed to describe how he moved. The hand of God. His eyes search to and fro throughout the entire earth looking for somebody upon who can, he, he can support and, be, and, and show his strength. Now, we know God is a spirit. And so he actually doesn't have these things. He doesn't have these things. But it helps us understand how he moves when we understand how we move. You won't find a reference in the Bible that says, and he put his hoof on the earth. (laughs) No, no. He uses the anatomical nature of man to describe how he's moving. Because we were differently created. We're made in his image. 
formed us. Now, I can't prove that he didn't actually take dust from the earth and formed animals, but it just doesn't say it, so I like to emphasize what it says. And when he formed them, though, he, hadn't, he, he didn't have any life. He was just there. And, 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 and it, see, it takes the breath of God to produce life. Man was made from the composite of different things. Pieces put together. Dust of the earth. God packed it together and made this form. And we can mistake the idea of being formed by him as living. We can mistake the orderly process of our progress and the things that we have put together that we call life we can mistake that as living. And if you have not yet received the Spirit of God, you haven't lived yet. You're just existing. You have the form of life, but you don't have life. And here we have God making this man and realizing, oh, he's different. He's different than the lions and the bears and the alligators and the elephants. He's different. But he's not complete. And there's something about the Spirit of God that makes a man complete. Because he's different than the animals. You are not complete unless God breathes into you who you are to be. It's not enough just to have the form of life and things going well and your job going well and the progress of your career is upward and to the right on the graph and you've got enough money in the bank and your kids aren't going crazy. At least they're, they're, they're manageable. And life and your marriage is good and things... You might say, okay, th this is good. I I've got a better life than most. I never thought I'd be here. But if God has not breathed into you, you do not yet have life. Animals are different th than human beings, even though we're made on, on the same day, if you will. Now, I'm not going to get into what days are. Some people would say that when God created all of those things in Genesis chapter 1, that it was within each 24-hour period that he made whatever he made. The separation from the water above and the water below, when he made land separate from the waters below, when he made vegetation come, seas uh, teeming with fish and sky teeming with birds. 24-hour periods. I don't know. I don't know because... The same word used for a 24-hour period is also used in the Hebrew for an era, E-R-A, or a period of time, i.e., we have uh, in the New Testament the day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord is not 24 hours. It's a period of time in which he is moving among men in a way that's unusual. And so I don't know if, if it's a 24-hour period, and I really don't care. I'm not going to fight somebody over whether we can look at the scriptures and say, well, the earth, according to the Bible, is 6,000 years old because from the time of Adam till now, that's it. Well, you're basing it on genealogies. And genealogies, not everybody who has lived from the time of Adam to the time, say, of Abraham in Genesis, not everybody who lived is recorded. God gives the highlight reel of human history in his Bible. There are times when you skip generations in order to get to the, the people who really did something. 
And so there's no, we, we can't even look at the genealogies and say we can actually piece together how old the earth is from when Adam began to die and then everybody else came. You can't. It's not accurate. And seeing that the day period is sometimes looked at eons or eras rather than a 24-hour period, I'm not going to argue with somebody over, is the earth 10 million years old, 10 billion? I, I, who cares? Whatever God, God did it, whatever he did, he did it. And however long it took, I'm not really concerned about it. That he did it is most important to me. And that I did not evolve from King Kong. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm, I'm being metaphorical here. That even, the, even the evolutionists say that's a different line of evolution, and that's why we didn't come from him. I get it. I'm just playing. But when it comes to the idea of where I came from, Adam was different than the rest of the animals. Distinct. And as, as, as much as I, I, I like animals, I do. I had three dogs growing up. They were fabulous, fabulous, and I just enjoyed them. Uh, we don't have any now. Instead of pets, we have people in my house. <laughs> we chose people. And uh, my, my wife doesn't, doesn't like animals, none. She doesn't like to clean up after them. She doesn't want to feed them. She, she, she doesn't like their smell. She doesn't like anything about them. And I like being married. So to my children's chagrin, we don't have any animals in my house. They all want a dog. No. We gave you a brother. <laughs> but I, I'm going to amplify how different we are than the animal kingdom. Unfortunately, because we've fallen we begin to identify more with the animal kingdom than we should. Um, our fallen nature doesn't allow us to see the distinctions as, as great as they are. But we are very different than them. And as, as important as it is for us to care for pets and animals, the Bible talks about a righteous man cares for his animals. He does right by them. He treats them well. As important as it is for us to do that, please, please understand, and, and come back next week after I say this, that, that there really are no pet parents. I'm sorry to offend you. Those animals are not people. They're different. They know they're different. They know they are there to serve you. And they, 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 they're probably not going to heaven. Heaven is reserved for people. And the only way you can bypass this reality to that is if you have the Spirit of God. Now, if God wants to, to reconstitute Fido just for you, I don't have any problem with that. But I have to build my life on what the Bible says, and I'm trying to let you know that you're different. 
Job went through a lot of stuff, lost all of his flocks, all of his herds, lost his children all in one day. Ten kids, bunch of sheep, bunch of donkeys, bunch of cattle, bunch of camels. Lost it all in one day. And if that wasn't bad enough, I mean, every business he had went belly up in one day. And all ten of his children died in a tornado. Says a great wind. I don't know what it was like, but it knocked down the house close enough to a tornado for me. One day this happened. Worst day ever. Now, you think you've had it. Sometimes we like to, to, to make ourselves think that we're like Job from time. No, you're not. No. And if that wasn't bad enough, he responded so well to that. And, and it says, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The man worshipped in the midst of his difficulty. <laughs> and this is a man who didn't have a Bible. He didn't have, he wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. Job could be my pastor any day. What a man. He responded so well that the enemy came to God and said, hey, you know why he's responding well. It's because you, you, he's healthy. If you let me touch his body, it's over. God said, okay. Touch his body, boils, benign tumors all over the place, hair falling out, looked like a leper. It was bad. So bad that his wife said, you know, it might be better if you just kind of curse God and die. Now, I don't know if that was her trying to say, I don't want to care for you. But whatever it was, it sure wasn't encouraging. His marriage was falling apart. His body was falling apart. He lost all his business and all. Can you imagine doing 10 funerals in a day for all of your children? He went through the trial as well as any man could. He got rebuked for some attitudes. But I'll take that. That man was amazing. At the end of it, God said, I'm going to give you double. Double of what you've lost. Everything you've lost, I'm going to restore to you double because you are amazing. You're an example to everybody else who ever will ever be about how to respond to difficulty. You're my man. If he had 10,000 sheep, he got 20,000. 10,000 donkeys, he got 20,000. 10,000 camels, 20,000. 10,000 cattle, 20,000. He doubled his children. He had 10 children. Gave him 10 more. Why? Because the, the, the 10 were still alive. Not here. But they were with God. They passed through. The animals didn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Again, if God wants to re reconstitute Tabby, I'm okay with that. I really am. I just got to go by my Bible. But my point is I'm trying to let you know how different you are. I'm not trying to denigrate animals. I'm trying to elevate you. You are different. You are not just another biped on the planet. You are made in his image. And you are supposed to be the container of his glory regularly. Animals can't do that. You're man-made. Excuse me. 
You're, man, you're a man who is made by God. And then God gave, realizing he had the form. God gave. And it says he breathed into Adam the breath of life. And that word breathed is one of the two or three words we find in the Old Testament that talk about life, soul, breath, spirit. They convey all those ideas. And God then allowed Adam to become a living being when he breathed into it. He was just a form. But he didn't start living until God breathed. Now, when God breathes, please understand, because the only context we've got, remember, God uses the metaphors of humanity in order to describe who he is so we better understand him. But realize, when we breathe, it's not like when God breathed. We breathe in because we don't have it in, and then we exhale to get all of the stuff of, of toxins out. So we breathe in oxygen because we can't live without it. Four minutes and you're gone. You don't have it, four minutes and you're gone. And then we exhale carbon dioxide because it's a toxin in our body that is produced as a result of all of our activity. The mitochondrial things that are happening in our souls, it's the, 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 the stuff we need to get out or it will kill us. The, the distinction about God is that God never needs to take anything in because he is self-sufficient. So he is never inhaled to exhale, ever. He, he exists all by himself and needs nothing. Do you really believe God needs oxygen? Do. He is him all by himself. And he needs nothing outside of himself to exist. So when he breathed into Adam, he expended something from himself. And the beauty about how different he is is that when he expended whatever he, he breathed into him, it was part of him, nothing he had was less when he let it go. In other words, he retained the same amount after he gave. Though he spent something, he still had it. I don't know. I don't know. I get it. That's God. Because he can't become less than. He can't become less than. He can't reduce himself because he is infinite. I want that to sit with you. Because that's the stuff of which you are made uniquely. When he breathed into you, he intended for you to be eternally alive. Ah, let me rephrase that, because we think of eternity as that which doesn't end, but eternity actually has no beginning either. He meant for you to be immortal, to never die. Why? Because he gave you himself. He did not do that to the animals. They have a different kind of soul. It's just not made in his image. They can communicate. And they can, they can understand you. This is how far we've fallen, though we've, we've really become accustomed to it. Adam and Eve were in the garden, and, and the serpent came up and began talking to Eve. Now, would, wouldn't you think that if that was abnormal, what in the world are you talking? You can talk? You can talk. How can, the, how can a serpent talk? What's to say the communication wasn't supposed to be normal between Adam? And the animals, considering that the animals were his servants. How best could he rule over them and steward them well unless they were able to communicate? 
Okay. 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 I get it. I get, you're looking at me strange. I get it. I get it. How come your dog can still understand you? You can teach your dog how to sit, fetch, run, lie down, roll over. Now, he doesn't know long conceptual sentences, but he understands English like you understand Spanish because you took it one year in the eighth grade. <laughs> Baño, come, bathroom, eat. You understand some things. How can they understand us? But we have no idea what means. No clue. No clue. It's that roof sounds the same as that roof. The dog's talking, but we don't know what he's saying. So whenever he's barking a lot, we say, what, what do you got, boy? What's going on? What's going on, boy? Something around. Tell me. Just, just let me know. What? 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 My point is, how can they understand us? Except that that was a part of the original plan. But we have fallen so far that we can't figure out what they're saying. So animals have souls. They can communicate. They, they can feel. But they aren't made in God's image. And so when, when they die, they just go into the ground. The beauty is this. When they die, they can't go to hell either. Mm -mm. That's only a punishment for those who have directly disobeyed God, knowing the right thing to do. We get to ascend into a place of eternal bliss because we are made in his image. And again, I am not trying to denigrate the animal kingdom. Special is it my favorite channel is National Geographic. I wanted to be a zoologist. That's why I went into biology. My dad wanted me to be a dentist, so I thought that was a more profitable career, but I wanted to be a zoologist because I loved animals. I tried vet school, but I couldn't get in. There are only 26 in the entire country. So you've got to have like a 398 and get a, 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 somewhere in the neighborhood of a 38 to 42 on the vet, veterinary aptitude test. I, couldn't, I only had a 35. I couldn't get in. And I had some contacts. I had some pull. I still couldn't get in. That's how much I cared about animals. But there's a distinction between you and them. You are different. And I want you to come into all that God thought about when he thought about forming you. I don't want you to ever begin to think less of yourself than he thought of you. And as a result of God breathing, he gave something. But Adam took on something. And he not only took on life, he took on two kinds of life, biological and spiritual. They are distinct, but in his life, never intended to be separated. There was a reality that he had to function in, a life that was, was best manifested in his strength physically and his communication skills and what his body was able, able to perform by way of obedience to God. But then there was a spiritual life where he was a worshiper of heart. And there was, there was supposed to be no separation between the two. None. That as he did, he worshipped. As he worshipped, he did. When he worked, he was doing it for the glory of God. When he worshipped, it was a part of his breathing. It wasn't what he did on a Sunday morning, if you will. It was everything that was him. 
No distinction between the two when he came to figure it out. Do I do this now or do that now? It was all one, never intended to be separated. And so your life is not intended to be separated, spiritual and natural. There are two words in the Greek, zoe, which is spiritual life, and bio, which is natural life. And God wants them both to coalesce so that when you go into your workplace, you are able to take your spiritual convictions with you, not to convict everybody else there and call them spiritual criminals, but to work as you are working unto God, doing what you do with all of your heart, giving him glory so that everybody in that workplace looks at you and says, that's the best employee we've got in this company. When you are a really good Christian, You are an excellent everything else because your spiritual life translates and infects everything else you do. You're an excellent husband. You're an excellent wife. You're a great friend. You're a wonderful child. You're a good pastor. I need to be a better Christian. You're a good pastor. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I was waiting. I was waiting and you helped me. Integration of these two things. Adam had both, spiritual and natural. And he had something very unique that the animal kingdom did not have, God's identity. He was God's emissary. When he spoke, the animal kingdom heard God. When the animals spoke, they only heard the animals. When they roared or whatever they did, they only, everybody else only heard the animals. When Adam spoke, They heard God. He had God's identity. He was bearing God's image. This breathing into him, God breathed himself into this man. And as a result, Adam lived. And this life, this life that he lived allowed him the privilege of understanding something about who he was supposed to be and what he was supposed to do. He lived unto God every moment of the day. He understood something about what it meant to walk like God and talk like God and move like God. Everything about him was indistinguishable from who God was. Is there anything about your life where people cannot but say they're a Christian? You're so defined by Jesus that he's made you into his image to such a degree then nobody else can say anything other than you are a believer in Jesus Christ. I'll close with this. Senior in high school, uh, playing football, they had senior day. They always do every place. And that's a moment when in our school they had the fathers walk out from the end zone through the goalposts and then to midfield and then the son would go meet them and they walk over to the sideline at halftime or before the game. And so everybody was standing there, all the seniors are on the sideline, and, and uh, there are about 20 of us. And they called the fathers' names. But before they called the fathers' names, the fathers were supposed to begin walking when the preceding father's name was called, so it didn't take forever for them to get to midfield. And so they called this one father, and then my dad began to walk. And somebody next to me on the team said, that's your dad, isn't it? I said, yeah, how do you know? My dad had never been to a practice, never been to school. How'd you know? He said, you walk just like him. 
anything about you that can be readily identified as you being of the Father by your walk? Anything about you that can be readily identified as you being directly from the Father by the way you walk? Live your life every day. Let's pray. Father, I'm asking for your grace and mercy to help us be what we should be, please. You've, in, you've made us a certain way. You want us to live a spirit-inspired life. And you gave of yourself in order to make that happen. Help us to make the most of every day like that.